0: Hey there, welcome to Alters Up Witches, a podcast that explores the roles of queer and trans artists and witches at the intersections of ritual art and community.
1: Join Kiki and Elva every full and new moon, moon for witch tips, illumination reading, conversations, and guest interviews. Follow us on Instagram at The living for more information.
0: bumbling femmes. Okay.
1: Awesome.
0: Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're riding in off of some bumbling femme energy here. (laughs) Uh, We're so excited to have Aurora Luna with us from Baby Reckless on the Instagrams um, for a really cute conversation around art and ritual. And we're wondering if you would uh, mind to introduce yourself to our audience. And please include also your socials and your ePay handles.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Well, I am Aurora Luna, better known as Baby Reckless. I am an oracle, a mixed-media artist, and all-around traveler and explorer of worlds. And um, I can be found on all social media as at baby underscore reckless with three S's. And my cash app is baby reckless with four S's.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here. And I'm, I'm just so excited to dive in. Um, and the first question is, what do you think is the modern equivalent to myths and folklore that we have today?
2: Ooh, my, I really feel like comics and, like, franchises and just different, like, areas of pop culture, whether it be books and then the books are turned into TV shows or movies, um, especially things revolving around, like, the hero's journey and, like, Um, other forms of media that we have that touch upon like certain events. Like right now, Dune is really popular. And that's kind of talking about the oil wars that we're having. And you can kind of see like through the different like stories and frameworks sometimes they pull from various different places often taking like a myth of a god or something that was really popular in like the way way past and then they impose it on this character and then people start giving energy to that character by like wearing their merch or decorating their house and that thing and giving into that attention and I feel like that's kind of where we've evolved to and it's it's cool I I love fandom culture (laughs) well when it's good
0: (laughs) I love this idea of franchise as a uh, modern myth.
2: Yeah. And that's interesting. I'm like, so it's kind of just like you on the one hand have the very real like commentary and updates about that. And then like, even if you're not engaging with that or like checking Twitter or like being, I guess, guess up to date on things, you're still kind of getting in touch with what's going on collectively through the media that's being put out. And like, I find that concept so fascinating. Like, I can get really big, like, super Aquarius brain and dive deep. Like, that's the conspiracy that I like to (laughs) investigate. (laughs) Like, because it's kind of like our if we are giving energy to, you know, beliefs in gods or heroes and stuff, are they just changing form if it's typically the same kind of story and beats being contained? And like, I feel like a lot of times, especially in more like pagan communities or on like the witchcraft social medias, people like to see like spirits or gods being frozen in time as if they don't also experience time in some kind of way. I just find that fascinating. artists and creators as being portals is a fascinating concept that I'm like big braining and thinking about because it's like if it's like especially with this trend of like manifestation that's it's not a trend but like a belief of Practice. I don't know what you want to call it, but of manifestation that seems to be taking over TikTok. And it's like, if you think of the word manifest, it's like, okay, you're bringing something into form, into being, but like, where does that come from? If we are reflections of God, the creator, whatever you yeah. think, it's like, are we creating these unconscious things or are we tapping into that unconscious thing and bringing it to form? Or is it all just, you know, turtles down of like emanations upon emanations of things and humans are the things that kind of bring it. It's like the final destination of like actual form and matter.
1: (laughs) I love the idea. Yeah, I think about that with witchcraft a lot of, like, we are the portal to the void. And, like, we... Yeah, and even as, like, an artist, too. Like, um, which I feel like kind of, like, segues into our next kind of conversation and our next question around art and magic. And, yeah, we would love to kind of um, ask you, like, if you can speak to the ways that your art and magic and also queerness have intersected
2: yeah I feel like more recently art the creation of the art piece whatever it is is the ritual or Mm -hmm. is like the alchemy the transmutation like oftentimes Mm -hmm. I have been doing less like ritual work and doing more so like if I want to banish something or if I want to work through something, making some sort of art around it. And so it's like this thing, it's not like I am ignoring this thing or getting rid of it completely or, you know, spiritually bypassing. It's like, I'm giving it a new home. It's like, okay, this thing happened. I'm working through it. And now it's immortalized in this thing. And it also kind of serves as like a talisman of like, okay, if I'm going through this hard thing, remember when you went through this hard thing and you made this thing. And it's just been like an interesting, Couple of, I would say, like since the pandemic, really of like exploring
0: that. It feels like um, I mean, that's such a queer thing to do, also to mm-hmm. work with what you have to create a reality that mm-hmm. better serves um not just your will, but also like your well-being. And it also sounds like the creation of art as the the ritual in the creation of art is also creating these temples of memory or these temples of reflection or these, like you said, the, the immortalization of the circumstance as maybe even a form of initiation. There's something about the emotional connection to the ritualization in the creation of art that, Mm -hmm. that is so deeply magical. Um, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, pieces of art are temples that are testaments to the experiences that brought us to where we are right now.
2: Yeah. I've never really thought about it like that, but like you're saying it and I'm like,
0: Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, also in our art, this is our art studio space, but right behind. Wait, is that me? Yeah. Oh my God. Whenever I look at art, it makes me think of the people who, who made it and like the relational dynamics and the love. I mean, you can feel it. Um,
1: yeah, your art is so alive. Yeah. Like when I look at it, it's, it feels living. Mm -hmm. Um, it feels like there's this like living embodiment um that doesn't feel static and stagnant It just is like this yeah like when I like this print particularly I feel like there's just this like vibrancy and aliveness that emanates from it. Mm-hmm. oh
2: I love that I really I don't know I kind of just I wouldn't say like the art is a living thing but it definitely like I just go with the flow in terms of like, like I might have like a concept or an idea or like right now I'm really into like recreating tarot cards and like exploring them. Like I'm not really like, let's do pathworking. I'm more like, let's experiment with this concept and really just dive deep an experiment and look at it from every vantage point, and just like in creating each card, it's like okay, I know what the basic textbook definition of this is, but like, what does it connect to? You know, maybe this TV show, and what is it about this TV show where I'm like, wow, this character reminds me of this card. What are these like themes or attributes, and then like, how does that relate to me? And it just becomes this like collage, and maybe like a like a blanket weaving type situation and then like boom it's there.
0: <laughs> when you're talking about the process, it feels like when, when you said we're not pathworking, we're like embodying, I was like, oh, you're aspecting. Like you're this is a mediumistic channeled experience that mm-hmm. is then immortalized in this image. And the power just echoes mm-hmm. through it. And I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about your process in a little bit more in your process of recreating these tarot cards, um, maybe even specifically focusing on the lust card or the strength card.
2: Yeah. So that was, I feel like one of my favorite things that I've done this year, because I've kind of done, there's like sister pieces now. Um, but I was really exploring the concept of Babylon because I was talking to, uh, Gabriella Herstic, uh, she posted a picture of Babylon on her IG and I like I remember that picture I kind of grew up in this like crazy Christian cult and that artwork was used to talk about Babylon the Great and I, it just like brought back all of these memories and just thinking about like as I've been kind of healing my relationship with Christianity and kind of like viewing it more as a mythic poetic history of a of a people and concept and idea thinking of like how my interpretation even growing up was just like very all of those attributes that they attributed to uh babylon kind of in the religion of thelema which is like the most popular mm-hmm. idea of her but other magicians have encountered her like john d Um, and people have lots of different ideas of her being connected to, like, Inanna, Ishtar, Aphrodite. There's lots of different theories. But thinking about how this deity that has become such a really big inspiration to me in terms of just, like, my work and um, just kind of philosophies and thinking about, like, how that image was always there with me, even, like, way in the past and just seeing a lot of the... There's kind of this like revival of her, but the way that it's being done is like her being used in this like girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep
0: way. <laughs> and I'm just like the horror of Babylon as like yes. the ultimate, oh LA, ga- the ultimate <laughs> LA girl boss. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just
2: like, it, it it's just goes against like everything that she stands for. And one thing in particular, there is this author who was kind of using her to justify like a cultural appropriation and pretty much just like colonizing people's and ideas. And like, she was taking Mm -hmm. other people's work. It was this whole thing. And, you know, people kept tagging me in this. And then there was like back and forth conversation. And I'm like, I didn't ask to be involved in this. And so like, I kind of, instead of making it this whole thing, I just I made that piece of art and I kind of uh, the caption is like this rally cry and it's like a rework of Jack Parsons, who was another ceremonial magician who kind of channeled her in the Book of Babylon. And I kind of reworked it so that it was like a modern day and also relevant, directly talking about a situation, but not really addressing the person way of being like if you are you know working with babylon talking about her especially if all of her predecessors are from like people of color people who are still having to fight for their rights and their land and all of these things like why are you gaslighting girl bossing gatekeeping like you are the stuff that she would feed on not you know someone that she would help and it really resonated with a lot of people and I don't know I think just connecting me into that and envisioning like if I really identify with or like the things that she stands for the concepts and ideas like how can I become Babylon what does that look like in the world and with the strength card it's kind of like facing facing the apocalypse and, you know, not running from it, not trying to be like, oh, I pretend I do not see it, but being like, I am here now. What am I going to do that's within my control to be like, you know, the most powerful
0: version of me for myself and for my community? When I look at that piece, I feel like something inside of me um, is starting to rage. Mm-hmm. Like it activates like this inner core, um, Sense of justice or sense of righteousness when I look at that
2: I love that that like resonates because like sometimes I'm just making something and I'm like the people will get it I hope so yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I mean when uh-huh. I, I, we got the print and we printed it mm-hmm. um for this exhibit mm-hmm. at the ghost gallery and mm-hmm. I saw it when we first got it from the printer and I was like this is it like where oh. are we going I don't care yeah but but I'm I yeah. am I got my cane. We're going. <laughs> the we got the puppies. Yeah. Yeah. Some snacks.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That that really warms my heart. Wow. <laughs> Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for sharing your art with us. <laughs> Kiki and I just had a conversation with John, the craft witch, for um, their podcast Queer Chaos, and we talked about our history and process remediating. Um magical inheritance and ancestral power from our upbringing in the Catholic Church, could you talk a little bit about how you are experiencing that process of remediating um of that process of remediation of magic from your upbringing in the in that Christian cult
2: yeah, so. Honestly, like I was my like, I guess what nuclear family, like where it's like you, your parents, like that was kind of like the cult, but then like all the other people in my life were also like doing Catholicism and Judaism and Hinduism, like all these different things. So I was always aware of the other things, but they were very like demonized in the specific cult and just, I was always a questioner, like Uh, It reminds me of when like uh, Mary is looking for Jesus and Jesus is just asking Mm. all these questions in the temple. (laughs) It was very much that because they would say things and I'm like, okay, but because why? Or like, where would it say it here? And like getting into trouble because of that. And I recently, as I started, I also read tarot, I divine, I do mediumship. I'm kind of like feeling out how I feel about that word, but it's definitely like, IBC and spirits talking to spirits. That's what we do here. (laughs) Um, and just, it was just angels everywhere. And like all of these saints and Christian iconography and figures. And I was like, okay, I guess we're, I will explore. And I started just doing research for myself and reconnecting back to, um, certain things. So like, Uh, certain folk magic practices I'm like all right I'll see if at first it started to be like let's see if this works like me heretic heresy non-believer like (laughs) let's see if it works and like it would work or like vibrating the names of God would work and I'm just Mm -hmm. like hmm, maybe there is something here and just kind Mm -hmm. of seeing like I there's this revival on Instagram particularly about like folk magic practices and like witchcraft and Catholicism and kind of seeing that um, was helpful. I feel like the thing that really has helped me heal that is... Well, there's been two things. One is Mary. Um, we love her; she's great. I have been so hard-headed in being like, no, I don't need like a mother figure. I have like these goddesses and like all of this, and like just really just diving deep into like Mary and all the different apparitions mm-hmm. and all of the other deities that she's connected to and sacred sites has just been like really fascinating. But then also. <clears throat> approaching like uh particularly mainly like christian and jewish um like thoughts and beliefs like the stories and like seeing how like maybe something like i'm trying to think of one uh, like Adam and Eve, for instance, and being like, okay, the church said this, but if I was reading this as like a myth or a story, how would I approach Mm. these characters? Who would I say is, you know, technically in the wrong? Or maybe, you know, Eve biting the fruit isn't this cursing thing. Maybe that's illumination. Ooh, what does illumination mean to me? And like, Mm. looking at all of these things and all of these different characters, not through the lens of what somebody else is telling me to, but looking at it from like, well, what do I think about this has been really helpful and. healing. I love like um
1: looking back on yeah, like the stories that have historically been used to oppress or even yeah, control and like looking at from this like other view of the room, of being like okay, when I'm just coming into this as an observer, what what is this telling me or even like thinking about it like Having it be different parts of the psyche, like kind of coming into yeah. it, like de- a depth psychology view of like, okay, what does this mean when like this represents like everyone, like uh, all aspects or like facets of like one person or one being,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. and I. I feel like I've seen it on Instagram. Somebody was kind of talking about, like, looking at the stories of aspects of the self, especially, like, it was something about, like, if the Bible is the word of God and we are, like, made like God, maybe it's not about the people, but it's about, like, yes, you should aspire to be like Jesus, but you can also be a Judas. And so, like thinking about how are you a Judas in your life? Like, what are you betraying? Or like, are you betraying yourself? If you're thinking of like, Jesus as like your higher self or your higher aspirations. How do you betray that for comfortability or for money or for
1: survival? And it's just been like really interesting to do. Um, That's
0: beautiful. Wow,
1: that's so beautiful. Yeah, I'm like really just like sitting with that for a moment and it got me
0: thinking It, it makes me think of um just growing up with my both sides of my family my grandmothers my Romani grandmother and my Polish grandmother always praying like always petitioning the saints um you know when we're sick laying hands on on our body and praying and Petitioning, yeah, petitioning the saints for not just permission to pray or permission to access holy power whatever that is, but also literally invoking their spirit to move through their own hands to enter into the situation that they're praying about. Um, it's, it's inherent within well, you know, growing up in a mixed cultural home of, of being Slavic and Roma, um, it took me a long time to realize what was happening when my family would do things like that. But it makes me think of this idea of aspecting the saints as archetypal figures, um, and working with working within that system to tap into older forces.
2: I haven't heard the word aspecting in a very long time, mainly just because like for me, it reminds me of like the more like white witchier, like traditional witchcraft type communities, but I'm thinking about it and I'm like, wait, but like that is aspecting. And so I'm like reflecting, like, as you're saying that and, I think of, like, even earlier forms of magic. I think it's called, like, Thuragy or something like that. I know what it looks like. I have no idea how it's pronounced. But that and thinking about how, like, that's what, you know, Mm -hmm. the ancient, semi-ancient, like, priest and higher-up spiritual people (laughs) were doing. Mm -hmm. And also, like, what, um, like, you find in more, like, you know, indigenous practices and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think these I think I don't know I on the one hand I feel like in more witchier spaces there's really this like anti you know organized religion Christianity specifically in America type push because of a lot of trauma and I respect that but I also feel like for you to heal, it might just be interesting to like look at it or interpret it for yourself so that, you know, when someone mentions one of these characters or uh, like tries to be like, you're wrong because of this instance in the Bible, like maybe it's like it won't affect you as much because it's like to you, you're like, well, I have made peace with each part of those people in that story.
0: Yeah. And so much of those stories hold for our ancestors, um, for better or worse, a refuge to survive assimilation and the ways that, you know, my grandmothers would come to their, their Christian faith never felt, um, Christian to me. Mm -hmm. Well, at the time I didn't, I just like, Oh, that's how you do it. You know, you're just you're taken by the spirit, you know, and and then come to find out that that's not a very Christian thing to do. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And it's so like, I don't know. I feel like there is so much power within those mysteries, whether, you know, I agree with them or not. And it's so interesting to see the people who are. Like going back to kind of what I was talking about, Mary, like going back to these communities that like she is a real like being, I feel like a lot of times when we have like the Christians who, you know, want to argue with you on the Internet and stuff like that, I feel like they're using that as a weapon but not, those aren't real things. they are tools. Whereas with like other groups of people, it's like, no, like these people are real. This is a real person in my life. And this is a person mm. who like protects me under her shroud. And just seeing that faith, like, you know, whether I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, what I believe or what if it's not? It's like, that's a re- I can't deny that this doesn't exist and that like there isn't some sort of energy moving this thing there. And I find that that's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm I, um, just coming from, family and so much of yeah my immediate ancestors being super catholic I feel like how I've connected to the beings or yeah the people in the stories has been also like through tracing back and like connecting to like the like how I'm gonna like being like okay what if I like invoke time magic and I like trace back and back and back like like what what's like the ancient or like the yeah, almost like primordial energy mm-hmm. that's like moving yeah. through that mm-hmm. like facet of that that like character, mm-hmm. or like that that person. And for me, they always feel like these very cosmic, almost like spirits of like yeah, like cosmos or like spirits of the void, or like you know these yeah. so like so ancient and so like old, old spirits you know and yeah. that's what has felt so comforting to me
2: I love that and yeah especially like I feel like you know a lot of people want to argue like oh like Christianity is just a copy of like Egypt or a copy of this or a copy of that but it's like like you were saying if you trace it all the way back you're going to get these mm-hmm. like giant primordial like old energy like beings and so it's kind of just like it's interesting to see how like each culture filters them or like i don't know i'm really big um, in this idea of things being emanations or like just yeah. like rays coming through these different filters and lights and stuff and it's like
0: yeah.
2: you're you're kind of not like you're connecting to the same thing but it's like it's just mm-hmm. interesting to see like how what aspect of that can mm-hmm. benefit
0: to you
1: yeah yeah
0: absolutely sorry iris just literally wants everybody <laughs> she, she wants everybody to pay attention to her she's
1: like I have a question
0: what's your question babe? <laughs> what is yeah. your
1: question maybe we can channel it or something
0: she wants to know why you like dogs so much oh. and She also wants to know who your favorite dog is. And she wants to know if you think she's a good girl.
2: Okay, well, I definitely think she's a good girl. Definitely super sweet. I love dogs so much because I have this really big connection with wolves. And like, I love wolves. They're just, I don't know, they're really important to me and my family. And I love dogs because they're like relatives. And have you ever met a dog? Like they just, they love you. They're your pals. They're just like, No matter what you do, they're just like, but that's, you know, that's my homie. They know when you're upset. It's very reciprocal. Like, I love cats too. (laughs) The cats are literally like, it's a labor of love. It's like, (laughs) it's definitely, it's a selfless (laughs) act to be in communion with a cat. Whereas dogs are like, we're in this together. (laughs) And my favorite dog. I would say my favorite dog was my pet precious, but she passed away this year and so Aww. I dogless for like the first time in my life. Oh, so I'm yes. just always excited when I get to like see a dog.
1: Yeah. Oh well Iris is
0: really excited to see
1: you and Yay. Yeah, it's like be here. She's <laughs> <laughs> such a dork. So cute. Cool right she's now. Playing yeah. yeah she's like a fan <laughs> cool. girl she's a yeah she's like a yeah. really good <laughs> <of your art. laughs> wow
0: <laughs> wondering if you would um talk a little bit more about art as ritual and magic as art
2: yeah so art as ritual for me Like the creation of art, I feel like I go about in a ritualistic way. Oftentimes ideas come through either like dreams or visions, or I just keep seeing the same thing over and over and over. And I'm like, let's do this deep dive and really like explore this thing so I can work through it. And oftentimes like painting for me, I feel like is the most ritualistic just because it's like, I have a set of brushes and like the paints are a certain way. I often make like a candle that I light that I just use while I'm working on that Mm -hmm. to really like set the vibe. I'll make a playlist (laughs) revolving around it. And then I just like paint and see where it goes. And like, you know, sometimes I might check in and like do a divination, but oftentimes it's just kind of like this event event and sometimes depending on what the painting is sometimes it'll be like a couple of days sometimes it'll be like a month it really just like depends and it just becomes this whole journey um, to the completed product and then magic is our I have really been liking sigils I mm-hmm. for a long time they did not connect with me I was just like this doesn't make sense and then I read like the guy who is responsible for like the creation of them had he was an artist and I really connected with his art and I'm like oh this is cool and like kind of found his story of how he pretty much made like the stereotypical way of how to make sigils he made it for people who weren't artists and I'm like oh that makes Uh, sense because I'm over here I'm like these letters do not evoke anything in me it just looks dumb and so now I've been kind of making like the sigils as this mini art piece like if I have an intention I might like meditate or I might do like a dream container and next thing I know I have a full-fledged sigil (laughs) that comes up and I'm like okay, there are things to explore here. Magic is wild. Expand outside of books. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of sigil craft and a lot of occult practices draws from closed religious practices, closed uh, deeply uh, culturally relevant practices. Um, and so it, I feel similarly. I've never really been able to connect to like the traditional quote way of making sigils because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I don't have a relationship with these Mm -hmm. glyphs. I don't have a relationship Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. these. These are not my cultures or if they are my cultures, um, particularly like Judaic culture, I'm like, uh, this is not, this doesn't feel like this is where this should be. This doesn't feel like this should be happening here. You know?
2: Yeah. I actually, want to talk about something really quick so um ceremonial magic has a lot of like it pulls from a lot of judaism and uh like i guess islam like Mm -hmm. other like other semitic cultures will say that um but there are a lot of occultists who were of jewish descent who kind of reclaimed those things and wrote grimoires and I feel like if you are a person who is of, you know, Jewish descent or any of these things that you might see as like this is appropriated, I would implore you to explore the people who are actually like of those lineages who did write things because, you know, everyone talks about Aleister Crowley, but. I feel like if you look at Crowley and read him objectively, you will see what work he has either stolen or fabricated. And like mm-hmm. once you get that source, you can kind of explore and see that for yourself. Um, uh, if you are someone who's into like Golden Dawn, Thelema, Israel Rigardi was a whole Jewish man who wrote a whole mm-hmm. bunch of books that explored those concepts. And like, maybe you don't agree with them all, but like, it'll at least get you started so that you feel a little bit more safe and comfortable to access magic that will especially work for you. Like, Mm -hmm. vibrating the names of God and working Mm -hmm. with angels and stuff, it's fascinating. And I feel like if you have a cultural or spiritual or, like, some sort of connection to it, it's worth to explore and, like, explore it from people who Mm -hmm. have the same experience as you. Like, do not let the most popular authors kind of hold the narrative of that conversation.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying Mm -hmm. this. It's like this, there's so much that is missed if we approach occultism through, through the lens of appropriation. But if you, like you're saying, go to these sources who have cultural ties and understanding and competence in understanding the cultural relevance and roots, it's a whole world to explore. And there's a lot of great care taken with exploring um, closed practices by those people who are mm-hmm. of those cultures. I'm thinking about like the Kabbalah as a specific example, like that's a closed yeah. practice and, and you, everything you read about it by, by non-Jewish people is not, isn't it, <laughs> you know, it's just not it.
2: I feel like So like, there's different variations of Kabbalah. And I definitely feel like if you want to explore them, there are some great, like, like, let's say you start with like the Kabbalah at the California center or something like that. You know what? Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to name the source because there's two one is a cult and one is like an actual (laughs) rabbi who is like showing kabbalah for like just everyday like practical use and like mindfulness and stuff Mm -hmm. but like starting maybe with a source like he's a rabbi who is bringing kabbalah to like a more i guess i wouldn't say watered down but just more accessible like Mm -hmm. exploring those would be something that Mm -hmm. i feel like if you're attracted to kabbalah like could be a thing Um because I do feel like it's it's a really good like tool to use Mm -hmm. and explore. And I think there are ways to do it that aren't appropriative.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. I love that invitation to and and the reminder for us all to uh prioritize source culture.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that's the biggest thing that kind of comes up in this in these conversations for me for sure
2: yeah and like I don't know when I first kind of got more into like I guess we're exploring ceremonial magic because that was like the direction (laughs) that I was being pushed into it's just so interesting to see like you know there are several big authors out there and then like Really looking at at least their bibliographies, because a lot of times they will cite the thing, or, you know, it's like someone will do a deep dive on Aleister Coley and then they'll get the source or something like that. And I feel like, why can't we just name where things come from? Like, I feel like there is this wow. really big push for making things the most watered down and mm-hmm. accessible to sell books, but it's like, I feel like it's doing you a disservice because like at some point you're going to like come back to the source thing and have to like unpack like where you are and like the connections between the two like oh you thought this thing was one thing but actually it's this it means something completely different um or maybe it's like oh I like working with this modality this way and then like if you work with like your spirits or your ancestors or something and then they're like well actually you can work with it this way but you know you're gonna have to go through this like new source and you find out like oh like I was doing it wrong and maybe working with the feelings that come up from that
0: I don't know how we got here, but I love this conversation.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I have just really been big into, because I've kind of been on this journey, like things that I was either super put off on, like would show up in readings. And I'm like, That that's not for me. I'm not interested in, you know, some person who does not have my experience reselling me back my culture. And then kind of being like, okay, if this thing is coming up for me, Mm -hmm. I would either like petition my spirits or kind of just say out loud, like, if this is meant for me, may it fall into my life. That's literally the thing. That's how I know Mm -hmm. it's for me because I've had things just pop up out of nowhere just like a neighbor will be like oh hey you seem like you respect the earth come to me to learn about this herbalism and this particular thing and it's like the exact thing where I was like I don't know about that I don't know anybody like and so I think it had like in our society we kind of have this push and entitlement for knowledge and I think if you if I th- I'm really a big believer that anything that's for you will not miss you, and if you are like, hey, this thing is coming up for me, I feel drawn to it. Really, just being open to it coming to you rather than you like forcing that door open because maybe you feel called to work with a specific deity or a specific practice. Maybe that's like somewhere in the future. Maybe it's not right this second, especially if yesterday was the first time you even looked at a witchcraft book.
0: Right. I love what you said about uh not being not not being interested in people trying to like sell you back your culture and i feel like the three of us having ancestral roots as romani people um we experienced that a lot in regards to tarot the, 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 the fortune telling, cartomancy tarotology, divination, scrying, mm-hmm. dance, dance. <laughs> Even
2: our, uh, Sarah Kali. Yeah, Sarah Kali
0: <laughs> is a closed <laughs> practice. I'm just like <laughs> closed practice. I cannot say it enough, and it's like cool. Be inspired by her for sure, but she's not here for Gaja. She's here for us, you know? And I believe that very deeply in my heart.
2: Yeah, or, okay, my whole thing is like, let's say this figure is coming to you or I feel like if they're coming to you where you feel drawn to them, they will come to you in a way that is natural and organic. Maybe you have, you know, a Roma friend that will teach you about her and like the mm-hmm. respectful ways that you can engage with her. Maybe you made it to like a pilgrimage or something like that. Or maybe you are, maybe you're not supposed to honor her in, you know, like a Roma way. Maybe you are a part of a, like a tradition that incorporates her because of, you know, like d dias- diasporic blending of cultures because it's like I don't know I'm a really big believer of like letting things come to you so that you know that it is for you and you're not getting into something that is not for you especially because there are so many well I feel like now there are so many ways that people are working with her and it's kind of just like if she wants to work with you, she will find you and it'll be ob- obvious and marvelous. But like you forcing yourself and banging on the door is not the answer.
0: Literally. And also mm-hmm. if if she comes to you and you are outside of culture, there's an important thing to do, which is to be humble. Yeah. In that, in that uh, engagement. Mm-hmm. I often think about when spirits not of our culture come to us I like to ask myself questions like like why are you here and mm-hmm. most often those spirits are like oh I want I, I I heard you but I also want to try to take you home so yeah. it's like they it's like it it's like I'm lost, and they they saw that I was lost, and they were like, "Hey, baby, like, where are you going?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna go to Grandma's house." And they're like, "Cool, I'm not your grandma, but um, I know where she lives." You know? Yes, and it's like, I'm so they glad. They steward to- us towards mm-hmm. our own uh, yeah. place of, of relevance, mm-hmm. and I think that not enough of us know how to ask questions. Um, like appropriate questions respectfully or, um, mm-hmm. in earnest say, I don't know what's happening here and let that mm-hmm. instead of like flipping into a state of entitlement to the relationship, because I don't believe we're entitled to any relationship, mm-hmm. um, because it's work, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. but, but saying, you know, I don't know what's happening here and can you help me understand and letting yourself letting yourself move through the grace of these entities because Seri Kali, uh, her, I mean, she, there's so much we can speak to about, about her, but she knows what it's like to, to be uh, caught in diaspora. She knows what it's like to yeah. be so far from home. And so yeah. like, if you're praying for a spirit to come and help guide you back to your ancestors she might hear you and say, I, I can help you, but that don't mean you stay with her, you know, like, but you thank her and, and you can petition her for guidance and help, but it's like, it's, you get to go deeper. We all get to go deeper. Like you were saying, like go deeper.
2: Yeah. And I feel like, there, for all the conversation of like collecting deities and spirits, it's like, what is your relationship to that deity? Like, are you in? Like, are you just talking at them, or is it a two-way street? Because I yeah. often find like spirit will let you know where to go exactly how Mm -hmm. to do it when to get there and it's just I don't know I I feel like it's a different way of learning I haven't always been like this but like when my practice changed it was kind of just like wow I'm not as stressed about like is this the right thing or what should I do next it's kind of just been like well I have a question let's go see what they've got to say and like Mm -hmm. going from there or maybe it's like okay I asked my question I will wait for the answer to appear and I am open to that thing and that's how like books and people and classes Mm -hmm. and just like
1: whatever it is like you will be where you need to be yeah that that resonates so much with me I love what you just said because that's been a lot of my experience as well as like leading with curiosity and Really echoing um, what you just shared. And I love what you, you just shared because that's been so much of my experience of like where my practice has shifted and really deepened is when I started um, really leading with curiosity and questions and um, really leading with like relationship as well and mm-hmm. allowing myself to be like a human in my relationships with my spirits and yeah just like being open and having an open perspective um and I've had that experience where there's been spirits of um culture that have not been my own culture that have come to me to guide me home Mm -hmm. so I love that you shared that because that has happened to me as Mm -hmm. well but I'm like oh, oh, I see what we're doing. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, (laughs) this makes sense now, you know? And yeah. So I feel like when curiosity is like centered, then that's when there can be so much that's opened up.
0: I feel that. Um, I mean, I also want to be really transparent and like spirits have come to me in a similar way. And I thought, oh, this is it. And I stayed there for a while as an unwelcomed guest. And my own, you know, my assimilation into gudgeoness and my whiteness really convinced me that I was on to something when I was like literally not listening to the message. And like, y- you weren't raised right around certain things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's easy to miss a call if we're not listening. And it's, when you start to realize that that's what's happening, it can feel a certain way, but like, that's a lesson learned.
1: Uh, So the last question we have is, um, we were curious if you'd be open to sharing your kind of like first experiences when your art and ritual work started to weave themselves together, kind of how you started to come to that.
2: Yeah. So, Like I have always been into art, but kind of exploring art in a more academic sense really just like disconnected me from ever wanting to do anything artistically related just because I really just wanted to create and do all of these things and school is not really a good container for that. And I, I also just have a real a weird relationship with academia. And so for a while I wasn't doing art and then I started reconnecting back to like ancestral practices and um, the goddess Kali is really big in my family. And so she wanted me to paint her. And it just became this like very, it was a different way of painting because before I had this very love-hate relationship with paint because like the way that I paint just is not like the traditional way and like the way that I work with color isn't traditional and I would just be like well it's not going to look like how it's supposed to and she kind of was just like just see what happens explore mm-hmm. and I like worked on this painting for a good like six or seven months and when it was done just like how much I grew as an artist and like my relationship like it healed me in my relationship mm-hmm. with art and it was just like of this, like, I don't know, like, miracle to me at the time. And so, like, each year, like, I still do that thing, like, I do the painting. And that's kind of where I started to be like, wow, like, maybe my magic for me is art and, like, really approaching it in that way. Cause I feel like there's one art, or, well, she is an artist, but there's one author, I think her name is like Zora Zara Tempest or something like that. Or- she starcraft yes um and there's another one uh uh, t thorn coil Coil. yeah yes Mm -hmm. those are kind of the only two authors i know that kind of explore the ideas of like Mm -hmm. art being your magic because like a lot of times we read these books or like go to just places where magical people are and it's like the same way like oh you know you call the corners you light the candles yada yada and maybe that's not connecting with you in a way like maybe you get results but it doesn't feel like anything it feels like a chore I think if you are an artistic person like really exploring like how you can explore art and magic and what that means to you like maybe you're not a call the corners you know celebrate the full moon person (laughs) maybe you are a it's a full moon we are going to channel and we are going to make this like sigil or we're going to make this art piece or kind of figure out what is the vision for my next piece and that piece will be a talisman that, you know, is for my new business or is for, you know, drawing clients Mm -hmm. to me or something like that. And I think really like, obviously look at foundational practices and like be safe about it. But I think once you get to a point in your practice, like really explore what Mm -hmm. connects to you, because that will give the emotional response that I think that magic calls for it's like you're one with the force everything is you know loosey-goosey
0: um
1: I love that I I'm curious have you have you read Kissing the Limitless by B. Coyle no I have it though really good that was a big game changer in my art practice really um, yeah I like it in the book there's so many like yeah like prompts and like exploration of like uh, expression and magic oh. and yeah so I love that you shared that because that was really <laughs> uh, yeah like significant to my process as well too.
2: Wow, so. I'm going to like pull it out and like look at it right after this. Yeah, yeah it's, it's um, just been sitting in my book pile.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really loved the prompts and that book and I still return to them, um, even after like having that book for years. Yeah.
2: Wow. I'm excited. I don't know. It's just more, maybe it's more like embodiment. Maybe that's kind of like my thing, because I feel like a lot of these books, it's like, you know, draw a pentagram in the air, but it's like, if you don't connect to that, or maybe you don't know, like what it feels like to connect with the imagery that you were supposed to be drawing in the air, um, it might not be as effective for you. And I feel like kind of exploring uh, her more, I don't know, like channel ways of working really just strengthened my practice as a whole. Like I will draw a pentacle in the air and move some energy, but I feel like <laughs> only after really being like, wait, this is what it feels like to connect with this imagery and to really like feel like this thing is in front of me, um, was I able to really like do that and enjoy it
0: that mm-hmm. emotional connection. Yeah. That, that comes through a relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. So we would love if you could share as we wrap up, um, a witch tip, like a ritual guidance or any inspirations that you're currently having with mm-hmm. our listeners.
2: Ooh, I feel like if you are someone who gets really caught up in like trying to keep up with. These astrological transits, or it's like every other day, it feels like it's a new moon or a full moon, and you feel compelled that you have to do certain things. I would really like implore you to explore your relationship to the moon and why you feel drawn to like honor these cycles, because oftentimes, like you might read the whole internet is freaking out about, you know, a particular transit or it's like, Oh, it's a full moon in Pisces. Everyone's going to be, you know, crying or that's more like cancer, but like, <laughs> <something> like <that. laughs> um, but maybe you feel fine. And maybe that's like, because in your chart that's not going to affect you, but maybe the moon in cancer to you is like a motherly time. And that's when you really want to like go outside and, you know, sit out, and look at the moon. Maybe your ritual is being recharged by the moon rather than, you know, hailing the corners and lighting candles and reading from books. And I feel like just find finding the connection to the thing that you are either practicing or, you know, feel like you are supposed to believe, because I feel like there's a difference in believing and then a difference in knowing. And I feel like knowing is like, it's been a game changer for me as especially as someone who can be very mental very like bookish very philosophical rather than like feeling it in the body and being like wow no like this is this is my reality as i'm experiencing it right now
0: well would you mind to talk a little bit about the lunar mansions Yeah.
2: So I originally came into astrology from a sidereal Yotish or what is known as like Vedic astrology standpoint. And so I had to kind of relearn a tropical astrology through connecting with, you know, like myth and all of this kind of way. So like my approach to astrology is very, I don't know mythic i guess and um but in vedic astrology it's like you have uh the the moon is broken up yes thank you the nashaktras and i don't know i feel like just my relationship to that in my everyday life is like you can really see it it's like okay the moon is in gemini and like you know that's great but like what specific part of gemini is it in and like Mm -hmm. i think even looking um, another example of this Mm -hmm. might be like looking at astrology signs and like what degree something is in and seeing what deacon that is in because Mm -hmm. you know like this last eclipse was in taurus it was at 27 degrees, which is the third deacon of Taurus, which is ruled by Saturn. And so then we have this eclipse that is happening and it's really asking you to be like, I need to cut the thing that is keeping me from my stability and my comfortability in my life. This isn't the same Taurus that is going to be like, yes, let me lie around and be decadent. It's like, no, let me clear the bullshit that's in my life so that I can lie around and be decadent. And just having like a deeper understanding with, you know, whether it's like a sign or a planet, I feel like just makes it more real and more, I guess, relevant. Um, because you know how it's going to show up in your life. You're not being told how it's going to show up in your life. It changed my life, like, especially now that I have this aspect of, like, magic and, like, just witchcraft and, like, I don't know. It's just... Mm -hmm. I'm always learning which I also feel like is really important to talk about when we talk about astrology because you can't read one or two books and be like I am an astrologer I know everything because even like actual professional astrologers are always learning there are conferences there are people experimenting with different ideas and concepts and so it's like I don't know I I like this rise in popularity with astrology or pop astrology in particular but it's so much deeper than like. A meme.
0: Absolutely. That's
2: my soapbox. I don't know. Like, I feel like astrology is integral to so many, like either indigenous or just non-European cultures. And like, I don't know. I, I do feel like, yes, make the memes and be frivolous about it. But when you're talking about like, oh, this is fake or this isn't real, it's like, it's literally real to so many people and it's not like the stuff that you see on the internet and I feel like that's kind of being lost in the more commercialization or popularization of these you know beliefs Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. well I think that's our time um any any current inspirations that you want to
2: Yes, I actually want to shout out Kiki's Patreon because I have just been like working through like just all of the stuff, like all of your like rituals and prompts and journal questions, the whole banishment series that you did. I was like, yes, we are going to banish these things has just been like. so great because oh, sometimes God. I'm like what do I want to do for this blue nation and then like you come through with like the perfect reminder or like you say something and I'm like wow let's like journal about this and it's just been fantastic
1: oh wow I'm like gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> oh wow thank you so much oh, uh, um, <laughs> thank you yeah I've been really um fired up about um, on my patreon so that yeah. I'm happier yeah like receiving a lot from it so yeah I was really stoked about uh the banishment in eclipse season
2: yeah uh, we're
1: <laughs> banishment <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I feel like it's so empowering because like there's so much eclipse beer content and like even I me I was like I man know. eclipse season damn, here we go again. And, like, just the way you
1: approached it, I was like, no, eclipse season. Yeah, I get, okay, honestly, like, eclipse season is kind of my favorite time of year. You get jazz. I get jazz, yeah. yeah. And um, I also, like, really challenge, you know, you, we all know, on the internet, people are like, don't do any magic, don't do anything. Yeah, no. And I'm like, no, this is, like, the best time to do, like, banishment, cord cuttings, like, clearing you know yeah. and I get really excited
2: yeah well, I love it I love it and oh, I
1: can't happened? wait we're like we're like invoking the banishment field we're like banishment <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes and I also want to shout out my friend Dominic of uplift herbs on Instagram <laughs> Like mm-hmm. Dominic has changed my relationship with mm-hmm. Christianity and Mary in particular because like I literally was like, okay, if this is so powerful and so great, if this is real, I will be a part of the feast day. And like mm-hmm. was not a believer, was literally doing it for jokesies and like it completely <laughs> changed my path and direction and wow. has just been so healing.
1: And That's so cool. I would love to check that out. Yeah. Yeah wow
0: awesome well I think that's it
1: I think that's it yeah thank you so much for being here such a pleasure to talk to you and yeah um there's so much happening there's like a music music box that just went off over
0: here
1: wow Um, my
0: daughter has a shrine to aphrodite here and I it just started that. playing, um, it just started playing a music box. Wow. <laughs> Blessings from Aphrodite. Yeah. I feel <laughs> We love her. Speaking of Babylon.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank yes. you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. It's always so fun to talk with you two.
0: <laughs> Same.
1: I'm so glad we, we we got to do this again. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we should make
0: it a regular thing. Yeah. So, Anywho,
1: all
0: right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Thanks. All
1: right. Well,
2: I will look forward to hearing the episode, and I will see you guys online.
0: Awesome. See you on the internet. Yes. <laughs>
1: so much for joining us for this conversation today. Make sure to follow our guest and follow us on Instagram at thelivingaltar for more information and upcoming rituals and conversations.
0: Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a comment and some positive feedback for this podcast, and tune in every new and full moon for new episodes.